Welcome to the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Are you considering a career change? Don't go it alone. Come, join the discussion, and listen as my mid-career guests discover and reveal their decision-making process to move from successful business jobs to consulting, entrepreneuring, or taking early retirement. Welcome to the show. My guest and friend Doug McKay decided early on in his career that he and his wife wanted to prioritize their home location and chose Indianapolis. Over time, he discovered he enjoyed the publishing industry as well as the functional areas of finance and operations. Having found interesting ways to contribute to companies large and small, Doug now utilizes his skills to support a U.S. distributor. I know you will enjoy hearing Doug's story. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thanks for having me, Dan. So tell me about your background. What are some of the highlights in your career thus far? When I got out of college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, In 1982, the economy was uh, a little rocky, and I had a degree in history. That's handy. That's real handy, yeah. (laughs) I'd go into interviews. I'd, I'd go to talk to people, and they'd say, "So you decided not to teach? Like, oh, you decided not to go to law school?" And I, you know, I did have law school on my mind, but it, it just never materialized. So uh, you know, I went out in the world of work, uh, worked for a small nonprofit in Western Indiana for about a year, and then moved to the big city of Chicago, and uh, worked for a small manufacturing company up there. And it was at that point that I realized how much I didn't know about business. And I, re- I returned to school, uh, got my MBA at, at uh, Indiana, and then moved on into uh, publishing. Yeah, I've always been a you know, a reader. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty cool industry to go into. Uh, started as a financial analyst with a... Uh, right out of MBA. Right out of MBA. That was uh, my first job. Financial analyst for a... Uh, small division of a public company. So there was a kind of a mixed entrepreneurial feel plus big corporate feel and uh, stayed there for about four years. And when two of the, uh, two of the vice presidents took a small division in a, uh, an MBO, they, they did a buyout on a a company that was being shed and uh, I went with them. So I switched gears from finance. I had, I had uh, started as a financial analyst and took on some operational roles, uh, took over the purchasing, print purchasing for the publishing company. And then when I moved to this other company, I was the director of operations, which involved supervising the warehouse, uh, facilities management, print purchasing. And the, this is roughly, uh, what, $25 million company? Oh, uh, the first company was about $20, 25000000 I downsized to an entrepreneurial <laughs> environment to about a $7 billion company. Okay. <laughs> Very <laughs> but, good. <laughs> yeah. When you're, when you're 30 years old, uh, it was a nice title, a little bump in pay. And I thought the opportunity was there. Good. Uh, and I, I was there for about four. I was at that position for about four years when they sold to a large corporation. They worked their plan didn't necessarily jive with my plan. <laughs> so then I, I went back uh, 
uh, had a brief cup of coffee back at uh, McMillan, the first company I was with, and then I decided I really liked small entrepreneurial companies. And I, I joined another small publishing company in town, another five to seven million dollar company. Uh, there I was the uh, vice president of finance. Big title, small company, but again, it worked out fine. <laughs> and and all of these are in Indianapolis, your hometown. I, for some reason, Indianapolis had uh, a nice publishing industry, small and uh, divisions of large corporations. Now, did you know that before you chose to go into it? or No, not at all. Wow. So it was just a very fortunate, happy accident. I'll say, to be able to move to multiple at different sizes. Yeah. It's very unusual. Well, and there's a lot of uh, crossbreeding between the companies, uh, lots of migration. People, I have worked with the same people in more than one company I'll over the darned. course of my career. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's been nice. Important to keep those relationships fresh. Absolutely. That's how I got a couple of jobs. I was just re, and this is before LinkedIn, just staying in touch by a phone or email. There was another company uh, based in New York, but it had a large office in Indianapolis. Other public company, IDG Books at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I gave a friend a call and said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. I'm interested in a change, uh, and he goes, "Funny you should call at this particular time." And and uh, they had, they had just. Uh, this was in 2000, and their entire finance staff in the San Francisco office had moved on to supposedly greener pastures in Silicon Valley. Uh, the old dot com. The dot com bubble. Uh, so they were staffing up in Indianapolis for finance. Uh, so I joined them. Uh, IDG Books. Their claim to fame is the dummies books. Oh, yes. The black and yellow for everybody. <laughs> and uh, so we had a big, uh, we had sales and production and uh, operations here in Indianapolis. Moved from fairly entrepreneurial into a, in publishing terms, it's a good sized company. And it was just one of those good, solid fits. And at that, at that point, then my kids were getting older. I was ready to, settle down professionally, so to speak. And I stayed there for 18 years. The previous environments were, as I said, much more entrepreneurial and, and people moved in and out easily. Wiley was an environment where people settled in and got their 25 or 30 year pins. And that, that kind of, my mindset kind of shifted into that mode. And, and so the, the long arc of your career was dominated by, uh, publishing uh, mm-hmm. and happened and and you stayed in one location which is kind of unusual after you, after the MBA and uh, and always in a finance planning kind of a role with with some operational folded into that uh, like I said I did a lot of print purchasing in uh, in the, the small companies where yeah you have to wear many hats. Of course, of course. Well, so you you uh, you were making your way along, kind of into the uh, mid to uh, latter part of your career track, and and then you made a shift. Yes, and I probably should have made it a few years before, but publishing has been in a uh, bit of a transition as an industry as a whole, and the groups I was associated with, ink on paper, 
have been declining and, and declining at various speeds over the last 10 years. But the last five were fairly rapid. I had, I had done, uh, we had done a lot of uh, dispositions uh, of uh, product lines or business units. I'd been involved with that. It was fascinating. I loved it. I'd always, I had been involved with acquisitions early in the first half of, of the, uh, of my career and in my tenure with Wiley. But then at the end, it was shedding business units. The dominant part of your career was publishing Indianapolis, a big, uh, the last piece of your publishing uh, time was uh, Wiley for 18 years. And then you, uh, you'd kind of had enough of uh, the uh, selling off of business units and it was time to do something else. Yeah. Well, actually uh, they decided it was time to do something else. They, uh, <laughs> okay. When, when all the business units that my finance group was associated with were being sold off, they said, we don't need those people in Indianapolis anymore. Okay. Uh, okay. So they, uh, they paired back um, and focused finance and it just, it wasn't just uh, Indianapolis. It was also the San Francisco office as well. Uh, they said, we're going to focus our financial management centrally in, in Hoboken. So over time, and for me, it was like a year, year long transition, but I had to let some people go and just kind of sh- shut it down and train my replacements. And uh, at the end of the day, it's all good. <laughs> I moved so, on. So they, they uh, moved on, and I moved on. So were there other things um, in publishing in Indianapolis that you moved to next, or did you shift? No, I did a total total shift. Uh, as a, publishing is kind of on a downhill slide right now in terms of uh, the Indianapolis market, and I was ready for a change. I, and again, I wanted to go back to something smaller, and I. I had a number of conversations, uh, and I wanted to stay in Indianapolis. Uh, we didn't want to make new friends at the age <laughs> of sixty. <laughs> All of, most of our friends were here. You know, Chicago was an option. New York was not an option, not because we don't have friends there, but just we just didn't want to. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell me, what did you what you do next? Well. It was, it was a very interesting uh, little cup. Not not little. Uh, we do about 100 million in North America. A German power tool manufacturer. It's the ability to use experience and, and help another small company. And is the North American headquarters in Indianapolis? Yes, actually, just outside of Indianapolis in Lebanon. Um, oh, okay. And it's it's all sales, distribution, and marketing and back office. We don't do the manufacturing. All the manufacturing is done in Germany. So it's basically an importation, import sales and marketing organization. Good, good, good. So uh, a new set of things to learn, but you get to leverage off of a long history of knowing uh, how to do finance and planning and procuring. and Yeah, that's the old transferable skills. And did, tell me, at, the, at that time, did you consider uh, consulting or doing a startup or taking early retirement? Were those kind of in your mind or, or did, did you just uh, move directly and say, well, I, I want to keep working and I want to stay in the domain knowledge that I have. So I just, I moved directly in. I didn't consider startup. I, and I knew I wanted to continue working. 
early retirement would have been an option, but I want to keep working. What would you say, uh, as you think about your, the, again, the, the long version of your career, what's been most satisfying? I think working with, with the smaller business units and, and seeing an idea or a, a product come to fruition, being a, you know, I've never been the creative driver behind any of it, but, but working with those creative people, walking beside them or sometimes pushing them, but uh, <laughs> being a support to, to let something come to fruition. Good, good. Any regrets? Not really. Uh, you know, you mentioned we've stayed in, uh, we as a family have stayed in Indianapolis the entire time. Uh, my career would have taken a completely different path if I had moved to New York with, uh, with Wiley at, at some point in time. But we felt it was, my wife and I both moved when we were kids and we wanted to keep the kids in a, in their school environment with their friends. Our friends were there as well. Uh, we wanted some sort of continuity. Any advice for others uh, considering a mid-career change? Uh, be prepared for change uh, because it could be uh, thrust upon you whether you're re- whether you want it or not. And by and I think to do that, you need to stay on top of your your technical skills and also your your networking skills. Uh, this last change of mind, notwithstanding, going on indeed, every other ch- every other change I've made relied on on my personal contacts and be open to opportunities. Uh, in new industries, slightly different roles, and even a step sideways or a step, half a step down, just to get in the door and, and keep going. There, there are a number of management books and, and things that say, "Don't be afraid to say no." If you can get you can get in over your head, you can get overloaded if you want to constantly please your boss. But I, I think another another aspect that I've come across uh, is don't, don't be afraid to say yes too. The first one was my first job in uh, out of MBA school, uh, out of business school, where I was a financial analyst. I'd been on the job for six months, and uh, they had to let go the uh, the guy who'd been doing all the print purchasing. Mm. And they said, Doug, we need you to do this temporarily. And then a month later, they said, we'd like you to do this permanently. <laughs> if I'd said, no, I don't think I can take that on right now. I would have cut myself off from a whole area of opportunity. Wow. Which, which ended up playing a role throughout your career. Well, it, it gave me the opportunity to move a couple of different, to a couple of different locations in small companies where you have to wear many hats. Interesting. So okay to say yes. Okay to say no, uh, but always keeping an eye toward the future, how it might play yes. out. Yes, you have the way you have the way the the costs and the benefits. But uh, you know, if it's an opportunity to learn something new, if it's an opportunity to enhance your role within the company, go ahead and try to take that chance. Hmm. You know, I, I oftentimes when I'm um, coaching or mentoring uh, somebody early on in their career or even coming right out of uh, college, for example, or graduate school, I always say, uh, I've always felt like there are three different areas you have have to choose from. You have uh, your geography, your function, and your industry. And if you can get at least one of those settled early in your career, then it's easier to figure out the other two. 
it, of course, as you as we move along in our career, we get maybe two of them right and eventually get all three of them right. And with the exception of this last stop on your career, uh, you you settled in on the geography as Indianapolis. Uh, you you uh, determined to stay uh, generally in in publishing various mm-hmm. aspects of it, and then it sounds like you moved around a little bit, primarily finance, but also purchasing, and then a little bit of M and A work. Yes. Uh, so so that that uh, the geography and the and the industry were relatively fixed, but the function you had a little bit of latitude. Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. But it, and it gave it gave me a lot of variety within a limited industry and a limited geography, mm-hmm. self self limited geography in particular. Well, and, and which kind of the implication of that is, it, uh, if somebody who's listening to this says, "I'd like to choose." A geography, you want to make sure, if you can, that the industry that you like has more than one choice in that geography. So you've got flexibility and that it's a large enough uh, metropolitan area that uh, you're not, it, it's not going to become stale or boring or, or lacking in the variety that you may discover that you'll need later. Sounds like you've had a wonderful career. It's been an interesting one. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I, w- I wouldn't change too much. Good, good, good. Well, thanks for joining us today. Well, Dan, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. My thanks to Doug for his openness to share from his journey through a satisfying career. Taking a little risk to expand your skills can create new avenues to contribute to future jobs. For Doug, it was a risk worth taking. This brings us to the end of the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out via email, dan.relationshipsmatter at gmail.com. And remember, as my dad always said, the fun is in the run.